Good evening, mofo. This is Corbello Starks, a.k.a. Who That Nigga? And welcome to a second episode of the Stark Effect Podcast Season 6. Now, I know I don't really like, you know, speak life and death situations, but this right here is based on a video game, but more importantly, it's one of the best video game beat-em-ups for the Sega Genesis in history. And to be quite honest... It is, without a shot of a doubt, one of my favorite beat-em-up video games that I have enjoyed playing. And since Streets of Rage 4 came out, I enjoyed every fucking minute of it. So we're going to be talking about the Streets of Rage's long relationship with real-world protest. This classic brawler has a bizarre habit of releasing alongside historic flashpoints. Almost 30 years after its initial release, Streets of Rage still has staying power. And not just because of nostalgia, the 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up series taps into strong anti-establishment themes and has a bizarre history of finding itself aligned with important flashpoints and historic uprisings. As I'm, I am sure it that does for many players, Streets of Rage reminds me of some of the best times in my childhood. My younger brother and I spent hours beating up Mr. X's villainous syndicate of criminals and corrupt cops and arguing over who would get to play as Eddie Skate Hunter, the younger brother of Streets of Rage 1's Adam Hunter. While we button mashed our way towards Mr. X on the native East Coast, however, we've had no idea about the unrest that had taken place months earlier on the other side of the country. We didn't know about the real world uprising that had taken place in Los Angeles in the wake of the Rodney King verdict. When a jury acquitted four officers who were filmed beating King on video just months earlier. Streets of Rage 2 wasn't just about generic anti-heroes fighting the bad guys. It also tapped into the social tension of the times. The angst manifested itself politically for some. And in the plenty of pop culture too from rap groups like N.W.A. or movies like Spike Lee's Malcolm X film. Which opened with a scene of King beating. Our own cultural pride manifests itself in a different way we associated with characters who looked like us <laughs> my brother and i thought over who would play as skate because even in pixelated form we identify with his brown complexion <clears throat> and backwards cap as kids who grew up playing with toys like sun man and now defunct old mech toys alternative to the he-man series and in time when black protagonists and video games were rare Seeing not just a black playable character, but a story revolving around his family was a moving reflection, even if we didn't realize the full impact of its cultural renaissance right away. Real World Rage We often remember the 90s fondly as a time of multiculturalism and a new technological trends, but there were other radical and racially charged moments that defined the decade from the LA riots to the end of the South America apprehend. The 19, early 1990s offered consistent reminders that what was legal wasn't necessarily moral, that the philosophical tough line, throw line was and still is the very essence of the Streets of Rage franchise. It seemed like a direct response to the persuasive representation of cities as a war zone that popped up throughout the 80s, appearing in movies like Robocop or Escape from New York, the presidential and political rhetoric, from decades past crystallized in both a war on crime and a war on drugs, which created a culture of over-policing that fueled rebellious sentiments. Ex-cops that resources of the police sent a mixed message. That being said, Streets of Rage being anti-establishment didn't mean it, that it was anti-cop. 
One of the lasting images from the first game was the police car attack, a move that would hail an officer to fire a napalm cannon at enemies, a handy screen clearing tactic. But there's a dark side to this police assist. It evokes painful images of the historic police violence, such as the 1985 move bombing in Philadelphia, where police killed 11 people, including five children and burned down 65 homes. The second game, the police car special attack was gone instead of each character had their own special move, like the corkscrew kick or knuckle bomb. The decision to remove police backup entirely was an important extinction. Ex-cops employing the resources of the police, the establishment sent a mixed message, especially when a core aspect of the story revolved around corrupt cops. Whether or not the developers made the change in a good conscience and was never explicitly said, but the switch to individual special moves ultimately reinforced this series' anti-establishment's core. Leading into those themes coupled with the new and unique experience that each character offered paid off. Beating up legions of goons to save a city besieged by crime and corruption was clearly appealing to many players. The game was such a hit that it became one of the cartridges that was sold with the Sega Genesis system. Given its immense popularity, it was surprising that the Streets of Rage series ended up taking a 25-year hiatus after Streets of Rage 3 was released in 1994. As PvP players like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2 took off, side-scrolling beat-em-ups, which offered little evolution in their gameplay, were left in the dust. As, player, as police brutality continued in the real world, it ceased to be reflected or explored in video games. Don't call it a comeback. But in 2018, the teams of French video game studio Datmu partnered with Guard Crush Games and Lizard Cube, best known for the rage-inspired Streets of Fury and their remake of Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap, respectively, revived the dominant franchise, and in April of 2020, Streets of Rage 4 was released. There was no point in doing a remake, but those games were cool. The goal, according to .new CEO Sarel Imbert, was to introduce new players to Streets of Rage while still appealing to longtime fans. What evolved was a labor of love, a game made by fans. Instead of a reboot, .new decided to that the originals deserved to stand on their own. There was no point in doing a remake because those games were cool, Imbert said in an interview with IGN. There was nothing that needed to be remade. The idea was to keep everything that made the those early games great but put in more modern context by adding different features and it says only trust your fists police will never help you of course even though it never appeared directly in the game this meme originally from 2013 crack.com photoshop contest is a perfect distillation of streets of rage's anti-establishment themes in a dial in a dial stepan world where the people are mostly brought and paid for by organizations with lots of resources and little interest in public, actual public welfare. The only thing we can rely is on ourselves. And while the team realized that bringing Streets of Rage would introduce the stylized take on fighting that powers that be to a new generation of players, they couldn't have possibly known how its release would coincide with current events just as Streets of Rage 2 has done nearly 30 years earlier. History repeats itself. A little over a month after the release of Streets of Rage 4, George Floyd was killed by police in Minnesota during an arrest on May 25th. 
The same concerns, urgency, and anger raised during the Los Angeles riots of 1991 has resurfaced again. With Streets of Rage lightning struck twice, Imbert, a native Frenchman whose Dots Mule company is based in Paris, is no stranger to public outcry due to various injustices. In France, it resonates here because we also have police violence. We also have racism within the police, probably for different reasons, probably at a different frequency, but still it's there. Imber said it's another occasion to say, hey, we're not over this. George Floyd and Rodney King are two well-known names in a sea of the other victims, now including Jacob Jake, Jacob Blake. <clears throat> While paralyzation at the hands of police recently revitalized media coverage of the ongoing protests, many of the victims never make the headlines. And even in the midst of marches at a level not even seen since the civil rights movement of the 1960s, clashes between protesters and police and are still precarious. Police across the country are doubling down on excessive use of force, and while media coverage may focus on clashes in major metropolitan cities, such as Chicago and Portland, or towns where inciting incidents take place, like Kenosha, but protests and subsequent crackdowns are also occurring in small towns nationwide as well. With streets of rage, lightning struck twice, not just in terms of SOR4 success, but with extremely persistent timing around civic upheaval. Sure, it may be coincidental, but it also says a lot of that little has changed in almost 30 years. The question for all of society that becomes, how do we change things for the better? As a kid, I didn't have those answers, and I still may not, even as an adult, but I've at least learned I have a spirit to keep fighting. It don't. It didn't matter how many times I lost to Shiva or Mr. X. I would continue until I beat the game. And that's one lesson. The protests taking place all over the world underscore the need for vigilance and action. And when it comes to social progress, as Cyril put it, and simply during our discussion, we need to point out things when they're wrong so that we can change things for the better. That right there makes perfect sense. And I've already got like Streets of Rage 4 for the PS4 as we speak. But the way like it's compared to the civil right violences and more importantly, you know, the protestings out there. Just think about it. 30 years ago, this game was made. But more importantly, 30 years ago, Rodney King got beat the fuck down. George Floyd is dead. There is some shit going down that we do not know, but we do need answers to figure it out. So anyway, all I can say is we're going to keep on fighting a good fight, no matter who knows it or not. So that's all the time I have for you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Corbell Starks, a.k.a. Who That Nigga. And more importantly, this is the Stark Effect podcast season six. And I'm going to keep on fighting for you, bringing you news. And if you have any other questions or anything like that, you can go to Anchor and check out my ultimate podcast. Or you can go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. Talk to me. DM me. Inbox me. What do you think about this show? Give me some feedback, please. Because this is what I do. Have a good night, everybody.